Welcome to episode 123 of the All the Books show, recorded at the David A. Howell Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Mickles. And I'm Nick Gunning. Nick, where can everybody reach us? Oh, boy. It's, it's amazing that you thought to say yeah. that. You can find us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash allthebooks. Yeah. You can find us on Twitter at... All the Books Show. That's right. Facebook, <laughs> we're just on the library page, the David yeah. A. Howe Public Library. Yeah. And you can email us at wellsville at stls.org. Why are you giving yourself a close-up there? And you can find us uh, Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock on the Angelica Wednesday. Radio Station. So, yeah. Angelica listeners, hope you're enjoying your post-Christmas Wednesday night. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's like the 27th, right? Yeah. So it's just cold now. Right. It's cold just, without the warmth yeah, of the holiday. Yeah, you've got a few holiday. days left. To, yeah. to last year's uh, list yeah. of things you want to do, your New Year's resolutions. Yeah. You've got three three more days about. Do you find New Year's so. Eve to be a warm holiday? Not like warm in temperature, but warm in the same sense as uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Not really. Yeah. Do you? No. <laughs> I guess I kind of think of it as like the sexy holiday. Ooh. Probably more true. so than Valentine's Day. Because Valentine's really? Day is like you're a couple already. Yeah. Yeah, you New are. Year's Eve is your chance. If you're a single person, New Year's yeah, Eve you get is that your chance sure. to uh, sure to have somebody for Valentine's Day. Absolutely. Say. Absolutely. Yeah. That old ball drops as good as mistletoe. Yeah. So, I've actually good. never... Yeah. That, that, that doesn't describe any of my New Year's Eve. Oh. One New Year's Eve, I just kind of hung out. Listen, it's going to sound sad, but it's pretty great. Yeah. Okay. I hung out by myself. Yeah. Oh, wow. And hold on. Sure. No, this is I, where it yeah, gets I'm, great. I'm and I watched okay. uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong. And then I watched the ball drop. What you're describing is a cry for help. No. It is. This was a while ago. Was it? Yeah. You didn't even know me then. What did we do? Last year, we were together on New Year's with our wives, not just a a bro fest New Year's. We watched, what, Man from Uncle? No, last year, we watched Jurassic World. Oh, that's right. Uh, The year before that, we watched Man from Uncle. Okay. So, yeah. Henry Cavill did or did not have a mustache in that? In Man from Uncle? Yeah. He didn't. Okay. But he did have one in Jurassic World when he played the Indominus Rex. Just kidding. That wasn't him. Oh, yeah. you got me. Yeah. They had a CGI him all out and sure. replace him with an Indominus Rex. Indominus Rex. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Would you well, have watched Justice League with Superman with a mustache? It would have just made sense. Just I, give him the mullet and say he also grew facial hair. Listen, facial hair is not going to make or break that Superman. That was decided in yeah. Man of Steel. Yeah. He broke. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we're actually recording before Christmas yeah. as evidenced by the Christmas tree that we have up in the office here, but you're probably listening to us either on Christmas Day or yeah, right after the fact. Yeah. So if this is your new family Merry tradition, Christmas. gathering around listening to yeah. the, all the books Christmas episodes, of yeah. which there are several As now. they used to do back in the Pioneer Merry days. Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Well, I guess they didn't have a radio back in the Pioneer days. I don't think so. So no. the 50s then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 40s? Sure. Stop me when I get to a time where they don't have radios. I, 20s. Well, now I don't know. When was Seabiscuit? I will have to ask Clint McGavin. People listen to the Seabiscuit... Uh, Warhorse? Not Warhorse. What was his name? Warship? That wasn't his name what, either. Who fought Seabiscuit? Yeah. Well, not fought. Raced. <laughs> it wasn't a boxing match. Oh, boy. I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember who All right. fought Seabiscuit. It, again, it wasn't a fight. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to look that up. I okay. thought it was War something. Not War Chariot. Anyway, go on. I can't remember it either. Uh, what, you want to get to our bookmark segment? The Admiral. The Admiral. Yeah, Seabiscuit yes, okay. versus the Admiral, people were listening versus, to on the radio. Yeah. So. Seabiscuit v. Admiral. Yeah. Dawn of <laughs> Justice. Uh, bookmark? In the ring. <laughs> Let me tell you some of the yeah. fun things that I've been reading. Okay. Uh, I you finished... got like a weird angle. People are just seeing like half your face on oh, this live feed. The... Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Nick's recording. We're uh, doing a fun little live bit. So Facebook live, yeah. yeah. But he, ha- he had like half his face. Well, I can't see it. Yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> it was like a weird Terrence Malick recording of oh, this podcast. Yeah. yeah. So I hope you got three hours to kill. Yeah. And, but 
a, a dinosaur might wander through the shot. That's true. Has been known yeah. to happen in Terrence what Malick films. What are these books? These pages. It <laughs> <laughs> was actually really good. Thanks. Adam. That was a good Malick. I saw Tree of Life. Yeah, I liked Tree of Life and actually. the Thin Red Line. Tree of Life is one of those movies where, like, during the four hours of watching it, I was like, "What is happening?" And yeah. afterwards, I was like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of want to watch it again." But I'm not yeah. going to. Tree, Tree so. of Life is one of those movies where I wish I could have cut out the very last, like, yes. end of it. Yeah, just yeah. the end of it. That would have been good. That was, yeah. So anyway. Yep. Yep. Oh, your wife's on. She says, hi. You want to say hi to her? Okay. <laughs> he waved. So yeah. for you audio folks, that, that really didn't do anything Oh, yeah. For sorry. You. Uh, hi, I Kendra. for a second. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, but anyway, my bookmark, which uh-huh. I always write down. Uh, so I have finished The Dark Knight, Volume 3. Uh-huh. This is a, a new 52 Batman title. Yeah. Uh, dark. So Dark is right. Yeah. The, it's what about the, Night? Did yeah, it was, that a right? lot of it was at night. This yeah. was a, a Mad Hatter villain. Oh, yeah. And it was a very violent, very gross Mad Hatter, which I wasn't yeah. all about. So well, he's not a, a huge he fan of He kidnaps children. Actually, I guess the comic book one never does that. No. That's just Alice's. Yeah, I think that's so, it. So he, he kidnaps grown adults. I also read volume 23 of Robert Kirkman's Invincible. There yeah. are two volumes left. I don't know where I am long in this long-running series. You and I have been reading that same series, like, together. Not together, together. Yeah. But we've been reading side it. Side by side. But you've been reading, like, the small volumes. I ran out of the paper uh, hardcovers. Yeah, and so I've been I'm reading the it. giant, uh, like, yeah. Ultimate Collections that have, like, two years' worth so of I'm, stuff. So I'm definitely So farther. I don't know where we are. Maybe. You so, don't know. Uh, anyway. Anyway. What else did I read? So there's only two volumes left of Invincible. The next bye, one bye. comes out in March. Yeah. So that's, then it's going to be done. And this yeah. is like my favorite series, if Ever? I'm being honest. I wow. think so. Yeah. So I read that. Mm-hmm. Uh, two Christmas books I finished. One, Hidden Christmas by Tim Keller. Hidden that's a more Christmas. like, let's talk about the theological aspects of Christmas. Right. It was not good. Sorry, man. It was very redundant. It was written like an eighth grader trying to like pad his report. Sure. It was very repetitive, which they do sometimes. But... This didn't didn't really work. And then I read Skipping Christmas by John Grisham. And as you'll remember from last week, I was underwhelmed going halfway right. through. But it kind of won me over. In All the right. End. Well, so. I'm, I have it at home. Oh, that's right. The paperback. Yeah. It that's looks right. short. I know. I tried to get you to read it with me. but This you... would be the only John Grisham book I've ever read if I read it. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Because when we did the spotlight, you just had factoids. You didn't, yeah. you didn't go through. And yeah, that's right. Uh, I don't know. You probably wouldn't like it, but yeah. it would be really quick. It would yeah. be a quick read. Okay. Um. And then that's it. Those those are the ones I'll that I finished. I'll have to put it in my quick reads then. I love it. Yeah, Sorry. do that. Do it's that. I'm currently reading Heir to the Jedi, which yeah. uh, long time All the Books fans will remember that last December I started this and then yeah. shelved it. Yeah. Now I've picked it back Finally, up. Finally, closure for those I know, listeners. they've been waiting. <laughs> and I'm reading the Batman Wildcat yeah. miniseries collection. Okay. So. Pretty nerdy nothing, time for Nick. Yeah, nothing Christmassy at this point. Um. I have some Christmas books from last year that I haven't read uh-huh. yet, and I try to not be one of those people. Well, good news. We're so, going to watch Batman Returns got a tonight. a couple more days. Yeah, that's right. So, that's well, right. Yeah. Um, what was I about to say? I no, was pointing I at know. you. Christmas. Oh, no, it's not about you. I'm, I probably don't have to admit this, but I'm going to because it's relevant. Okay. I used to pronounce air as hair. I used to pronounce that H. Like hair to the Jedi? Yeah. Ugh. So I always that's thought close. it was uh, Star Wars hair to the Empire. I, yeah, yeah. I just always... Uh, Pronounce that H. Yeah. Well, I have that problem with H's. I would I love to be surprised them. by that. You but... show me an H, and I'm going <sighs> to... Really? Yes. Do you say the K in knife? I used to. You say the no. D in Django? The Django? Yeah. Knife? No, yeah. no I don't, don't do, do it. Those. Okay, yeah. that's good. Knife. All right. The dark Well, uh, what have you been reading? You got any inspirational oh, holiday boy. reading you want to discuss? For listeners who <laughs> thought that 
the geekiness was going to end. It did. It does not. Listen, here. nobody Sorry. thought the geekiness was going to end with me. So I, ouch. Uh, I read Avengers Forever. Forever. So this is a twelve issue. Uh, comic book series that Kurt Busiek wrote back in 2000, 2001. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was, the graphic was published in 2001. All right. It's about... Um, Go on. This description is not right. I must not have read the right one on uh, on this. Anyway. Okay. It's <laughs> a, a group of Avengers from different eras are brought together to fight Kang the Conqueror throughout time. That sounds fun. It does, except the team consists of two Hank Pym's a Hawkeye during one of his identity crises, Jeez. Captain America after he lost faith in the government, okay. uh, the Wasp, and Songbird from Thunderbolts. <laughs> so It's like the worst lineup yeah. I've oh, ever heard. and Rick Jones, teenage hero Rick Jones. One Hank Pym. Two Hank Pym. Is a lot, so one is two. regular giant man Hank Pym, and then the other one is uh, yellow jacket Hank Pym, who's gone a little Ooh, crazy at the time. So he's kind of like Hank a bad. Pym. But it was just kind of like, bleh. I guess maybe that's more interesting. Um, I don't know. I could see why some people Hard really like say. it, but it felt it feels dated, bef- like past even when it came out. So this isn't it doesn't even feel like late '90s. This feels like early '80s okay. dated. It's just so dense and so dull, and the pacing is just non-existent. It is not a good time. Okay. I also read Volume One of the Black Panther by Christopher Priest. These were written in the late '90s as well. Oh, um, Christopher Priest has a pretty uh, famous run on Black Panther in this collection. Uh, this collected the first 17. It's pretty good. It's This one feels dated in a 90s way, though. Mm. So that's good. It definitely the, feels like... A, I think the... I read the Ta-Nehisi Coates Black Panther, and that's it. No, I these are very these else. are very different. Um, but it's like the only Black Panther I've ever read. I think that's true. I'm going to say it's true. He showed up in other stuff already. Are you planning on Continue? doing a lot of Black Panther reading I'm gonna leading read up to this, the movie? I'm going to read this run. It's 65 oh, okay. or 68 issues. You and that Marvel Now app changed your life. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Um, and I'm, I started and I'm about 30% through Sword of Destiny, Ooh. which is the second Witcher book, which is another <laughs> collection. Uh, Witcher. It's a collect, it's a short story collection. Yeah. And these short stories, I've only read two of them so far, but they're a lot more, um, short story form than even the other book was. The other one okay. felt, um, I don't know. They were just like off adventures. He fought a monster. He learned something about monsters and he moved on. But this... Uh, each one kind of that I've read has him interacting with Yennefer, who is uh, a witch in the book that he's in Yennefer, love with. Yennefer, the witch. Um, and so th- these don't feel as like random and disconnected. Anyway, okay. so and then I'm reading stuff on my Marvel Unlimited app. Okay. Yeah. So no- nothing. I have not inspired you to pick up anything remotely. I don't Christmas-y. think I've ever picked up. I mean, I've read the. David Sedaris book. Yeah. The Christmas Town yeah. or... Holiday, Jean- Holidays on Ice. Holidays on Ice. Yep. I read that. I think that might be the only time... That's pretty hit and miss. I don't... Yeah, Christmas isn't something where I read stuff. Christmas is such a visual holiday. That... um, The one we were talking about last week, the Gregory Maguire uh-huh. uh, book about the Nutcracker, uh-huh. sounded crazy. Right. So uh, I kind of want to read that maybe that, next yeah. year. Okay. So... You know what you should do? What? Because you have got a little more time before Christmas. You should pick up the Jeff Johns Shazam. Shazam. Oh, right. That, we have a, that in our collection. Great. It's great. Yeah, we do yeah. have it in our collection. And it's, it's Christmas. It's a yeah. Christmas story. Well, I started a uh, I started Batman Arkham Origins, and the right. game takes the game, place on sure. Christmas Eve. Yep. So, as does okay. Batman Returns. Well, That's it's right. like the week until Christmas. Yes, yeah, lead up. What elections up. are happening at that point? That's true. It's, it's so weird. He's that is Penguin weird. runs well, for mayor. It's just like, I'm running for mayor. I, I believe it's a special election. 
Ah, so, okay. You know, yeah. He becomes Gotham's favorite son. Yeah, Bruce Wayne, right out. That's but goodbye. Bruce, Bruce Wayne doesn't really like interact as Bruce Wayne in that movie. No, it just, it just with uh, well, as I Catwoman. recall, Bruce Wayne is not in that movie. Is, is that correct? That's, that's, yeah, Michael He's not Keaton, there at Michael all. Michael Keaton uh, had to run to get there on time. Twenty minutes into the film, Weird. he's like, "Okay, I'm here. What do I have to do? Fight clowns on it." Hey, what happens if I take a live feed of the live feed? Is that like a weird Inception style yeah. situation? And, and people listening on the what radio on Wednesday night just can't they won't know what's happening. happening. Well, you way. can find it. You can go back and find yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is that that's it for you then? Yeah. Do you think you're going to go pick up Shazam because of Christmas? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> you're not going to. Here's here's the thing. Tell you're me. not going to like this. All right. Um, I think I've I've put myself on hold from reading DC comics for a while. Okay. Because I, was, I wasn't reading many graphic novels. Right. And I was wondering why. And then I started reading stuff on the Marvel Unlimited app. I'm like, oh, that's right. It's because I like Marvel comics right. a lot. And normally I only read like DC stories when they're collected if people yeah. like say they're good. Yeah. And so like reading. That doesn't make me mad. Reading like these uh, volumes of uh, superhero of like The Flash or something on a regular basis is like, oh, that's right. I never used to do this. I don't really. Yeah, I'm just not. As Do you? To that. I'll tell you what I'm interested in. The okay. uh, what is it? The war of war of jokes and riddles. Yeah. Oh is yeah, that's that a Batman is? one, right? Yeah. 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 And I that that series. The it started with what I am Gotham, and then I am Bane. I am Suicide. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the way that started. I guess he has to say I am Suicide because that's a Suicide Squad team up thing. So he can't yeah. say like I am Squad. I guess so. <laughs> but um, the war of jokes and riddles is that out yet? Did I don't that, know. I think that. Just came, yeah, it just came out yeah. December nineteenth. Yeah, I think they called so it. So it is uh, out now. I think it was originally titled "Return of Hush." <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> because the Joker in, in their the, war the together. The least said about the Hush sequels, right. the better. What? Because <laughs> those are all so bad. Uh, what's next? That uh, was bookmark. Yeah, it was bookmark. Well, now we move on to some advanced notices here, so we can we can jump over yeah. there. Chugging uh, along on the Christmas train. Absolutely right. But unless I think, it's after I think Christmas, we're gonna say goodbye to our Facebook Live friends. So say goodbye. Bye, Facebook Live friends. Goodbye from all the books. All right. Did you do it? Yeah. Jeez. I'm so glad they're gone. I feel like they were a real drain. Now we can just focus on the bread and butter, and that's our audio audience. So podcast listeners, Angelica, uh, radio listeners. Yeah. Sorry about those live looky-loos, but they're gone now, so it's just us. We can talk. Looky-loos. We can talk turkey now. What are you saying? All right. So Looky-loos, talk turkey? Now I know that you're you're not big into... uh, into Christmas reading, but that's true. Yeah. You can get a jump start on your St. Patrick's Day reading because March. How did you 6th, know St. Patrick's <laughs> Day was my third favorite holiday? March sixth, five days after we have yeah. Emerald Isle Irish Band. Uh huh. March first. Nice. On uh, March sixth, Susan Wittig Elberg is coming Yay. out with book seven in her Darling Dahlia series, uh-huh. The Darling Dahlias and the Unlucky Clover Field. No, just Clover Field of Clover. Just Clover. Okay. Just Clover. Uh, once again, Susan Wittig Albert uh-huh. has told a charming story filled with richly human characters who face the Great Depression with courage and grace. She mm. reminds us that friends offer the best of themselves to each other, community is what holds us together, and hey. that luck oh. is what you make it. That's true. So you don't even need a four-leaf clover. Yeah. But if you have one, hang on to it. Yeah. I mean, why? Obviously, yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, new from Steve Barry, not Dave Barry or Steve Perry. But Steve Barry. I think we know who Steve Barry is. The Bishop's Pawn, Cotton Malone, number 13. Now, Cotton Malone is the alter ego of Bruce Wayne. Is that correct? No, that's Batman. Mm, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Okay. 
I was going for a bit about Matches Malone. Oh, you're talking Matches Malone. But Sorry. you clearly don't know your Batman lore, so there's Hold no, up. There's no sense going down I know who Matches Malone road. is. Eric doesn't know who Matches Malone is. He wears is, a mustache. But See, that, they wouldn't have had a problem. They could have just said Ben Affleck was playing Matches Malone through the entire perfect, Justice League film. Perfect. Cotton Malone comes back in book number 13. Yeah. And you know what they say about the number 13? It's quite the number. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's common. Yeah. Uh, the first case on New York Times bestseller, Steve Barry's iconic hero, Cotton Malone. Okay. Are we going... Is this a prequel? I don't I know. guess it is. Hey, is the Bishop's Pawn a religious play? Okay. Yeah. The Bishop's Pawn. It sounds like it. Yeah. All right. Steve Barry always minds the lost riches of history. This time, he imagines a gripping, provocative thriller about an American icon just in time for April 2018 and the 50th anniversary of the assassination. Of? Interesting. Of who? Interesting. Assassination of who? Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Oh. Yeah. Weird. Looks like, yep. Um, so I've not read Steve Barry. I'll, I'll be the judge of what's provocative in that. Yeah, okay. So yeah, I, you're a shock I like jock, to th- so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also new, we have from Chris Bohalian. I think it's how you say his name. It's how okay. I'm saying his name. We did one yeah. of his books for book club. A lot of fans of this author here. This is called The Flight Attendant, and the cover is very girl on the train. So mm. I don't know. Do you think, yeah. Cassandra Bowden is no stranger to hungover mornings. She's a binge drinker. <laughs> I don't know. Her oh, job geez. with the airline making <laughs> making it easy to find adventure and an occasional blackout seemed to be inevitable. Boy, I wonder okay. if she's going to get on the train okay. or get a cabin okay. on a cruise ship. Oh, boy. I wonder if she's going to see a yeah. murder and people won't believe her because of her her uh, character faults. Yeah. Now, oh, the, apparently there's a murder. And uh, it's too late to come clean or face the truth about what really happened back in Dubai. Right. Could she have killed him? Yeah. If not, who did? Yeah. So, yes, this is about uh, two years too late, I think, for this Jeez. craze. So, uh, I'm going to write a, a YA novel about a dystopia. Is that still relevant? Is yeah. That still I mean, popular? yeah. Oh, it as is. As long as they both have, like, an incurable disease. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Okay, so it's a twist. It's a twist on an old favorite. Uh, This this teacher thought the kid went to detention, but she's been drunk on the job Mm -hmm. for three weeks. Three weeks. What principal would believe her now? Yeah, the teacher in class 16. Pretty good (laughs) teacher in class 16. Okay, Uh, large print. Large print. We're going to move to large print. The Armageddon File by Stephen Koontz. All right. The next exciting thriller from best-selling author Stephen Koontz. Janet Armageddon is a drunk lush, and no one (laughs) seems to believe her. Janet Armageddon. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So this is uh, book one in a new series starring Kirk Cameron. Very nice. No, it's not. (laughs) Tommy Carmelini, book number eight. You love uh, Dean Koontz. So you're like super excited that he has a new series out. Stephen Koontz. Oh, and I don't like Dean Koontz. Okay. So. How do you feel about Steve Koontz? I've never read anything by Steve Brothers? Koontz. No. Sons. We, we've covered this before. It's a totally different spelling. Oh. Jake Grafton and Tommy Carmelini race to solve the mystery of a potentially stolen election. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Before America's Jeez. faith that our democracy, sovereignty, and federal government become completely undone. Uh, well, so this depresses me. Jake and Tommy. <laughs> do you like to imagine that Jake they kind of sound like the little rascals? Like, come on, Jake. You yeah. gotta hurry. Hold up, Tommy. All right, Tommy. Yeah. Well, my mom says I gotta get home. Oh, Jake. Come on. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. I'd watch it. We gotta oh, save the tang. election. Yeah. That was buckwheat, everyone. Yeah. Boy, I don't get to do a buckwheat impersonation very often. So thank you. For, yeah. Thank you for allowing that. <laughs> All right. That's it for me for my advance right. notices. So I want to hear. I want to hear what you got. Okay. What's hot today? What's now? What's now? Yeah. Uh, finger snaps. Yeah. 
Our listeners are going to regret that. Probably. Uh, all right. So on the New York Times bestsellers list. Oh, we're doing combined print and this should be fun. ebook uh, this week. And so, has nothing to do with us recording a little bit early in no. the week. No, it totally doesn't. So, um, so normally what we would do is just do hardcover. Yeah. So that's not going to include like reissues yeah. or, you know, paperback originals yeah. or anything like that. Or whatever Stephen King movie yeah, it's currently. Is out at the moment, yeah. yeah, that's the truth. So I don't know. So this if is it's everything. still on this list. So there is some crossover with the main list, but you're going to get things on here that you wouldn't normally. Yeah, a lot of so. sexier books. Ooh. People tend to download the. Uh, that the is that is a fact. Fifty that, Shade books that can't be denied. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, number eleven. No, number twelve. Nope. Okay. Mm, Which one? Ready number Player Number eleven. Okay. Is Ready Player One right now? Mm-hmm. So that's getting a boost from the trailer. Yep. That everybody's complaining about because they don't realize that. It's just a mirror yeah. pointing at them, yeah, at their sure pop is. culture obsession. Oh, if they don't boy. like what they see, maybe they should create rather than complain. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't Facebook living there. That. That <laughs> okay. That got mean. So number 10 yes. <laughs> on the New York Times bestsellers list for combined ebook and print, you have Artemis by Andy Ware. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, if you could just send Nick this book for Christmas. Sure. He's been waiting for it. I suppose sooner or later I'll read it. Yeah, same. I just have no I think I need to, to read uh, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress before this. That's a Robert Highland film. Hmm. I mean, book. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Probably true. Yeah, number nine. I mean, yes, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. Mm-hmm. You you wrong The Moon? She will come down Look on you out. like an atom bomb. Look She out. will mess up your tides, man. Number nine, Endgame by David Baldacci. So already we're seeing a difference because these books would be much higher. True. So I wonder what's knocking them down. We'll see. Uh, all right. So uh, again, at number eight, we have the sequel to Batman Year One. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Nora Roberts Year One. Yeah. Very similar, <laughs> I think. Beat yes. for beat. It's actually yeah. kind of a retread. But. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is when a pandemic strikes, the world spins into chaos. Several travelers head west to find a new life. Now, you weren't happy because... This is a book one, and you don't think Nora Roberts' series are any good? Well, I don't really have I I don't I haven't read Nora Roberts' series, mm. but it, now I just find whenever somebody is picking up a Nora Roberts' books, I'm like, oh no, that's book two in the Witch Cousins series. We right. find book one. Yeah, it's just a lot of like little trilogies and things that make it difficult. Mm-hmm to follow her stuff. People will be like, oh, I just want the na- latest Nora Roberts. I'm like, well, right. have you read the last two? Right. You know, cousin, uh, cousin relation in not. Not kissing relation. Wow. But cousin... Are you talking about the Elvis movie, Kissing Cousins, in which he plays two <laughs> identical Elvis cousins? Wow. Good for him. You know who's in that? Yvonne Craig. You know who Yvonne Craig is? No. Batgirl. Oh. The first Batgirl. Nice. Did you know that comic Barbara Gordon... <laughs> is inspired because is of... Is inspired because of the Adam West TV yeah, series. I so. sure did. But now our listeners know as well. Now they do. Um, here's the thing. Cousins in a book, like you just said, witch cousins. Witch cousins. Um, I think that's actually a thing. That wasn't just a okay, I'm, random joke. I would be scared for the cousins because I'd be like, oh, they don't have any loyal Cousins, they don't have the loyalty to each other that mm-hmm. like if they were like witch brothers. Witch brothers. You know? Then I'd be like, yeah. I'd be like oh, well, they're going to protect each other because they're, they're siblings. But you throw cousins in there, it's like, oh, well... This is aunt's kid. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. He's going to send him in. Not that my cousin listens to this podcast. In case, in case anybody's interested, the Nora Roberts Witch Trilogy is uh, called the Cousins O'Dwyer Trilogy. All right. And the books within are yeah. Dark Witch, Shadow Spell, uh-huh. and Blood Magic. All right. If there nice. was some sugar sex in there, it'd be a Chili Pepper album. That's true. So. It's Blood Sugar. Sex Magic. Yeah. I can't. Okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> Again, that, that cousin rant, I should probably say, like, 
uh, I wouldn't betray you with witch powers, uh, Brianna. Oh, hey, Brianna. <laughs> so, How's married life? <laughs> That's all I know about her. <laughs> uh, numbers, uh, she likes That's hockey. It. Hey, you know what? We also have some chili peppers in the CD collection. So Yeah. And, and we have we have these Nora Roberts witch books. So if you want yeah. them, next yeah. Halloween. And if anybody knows of a book series called Witch Brothers, let us know. There's got to be Witch Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> a Witch Brothers series. Uh, all right. So number... On wow, I've lost track. Number seven. It's been here for 44 weeks. Milk and Honey by Rupi Kaur. Oh, boy. She is... She's like the the rock star poet. Ruby? Yeah. Poetic approaches to surviving adversity and loss. Did you say yes. milk and honey? Is that the yes. one? That this one, it's old, right? How long? Forty four weeks. Forty four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh people went crazy for that. And yeah. then they went crazy for the new one. Yeah. So her stuff is very it's sort of it's short. It's uh-huh. very like succinct and right. I don't know. Clever. Okay. Approachable. Scary? Yeah, it's terrifying. It's about <laughs> Nora Roberts Squitch Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, number six on the list, The Midnight Line by Lee Child. Um, Got a little choked up there, didn't you? Yeah. I, so sad. He's just, he's having, just get a home. <laughs> Lee Child. Uh, let's see. So number five, four yep. weeks on the list, The People versus Alex Cross. Who will win? Maybe The People. You I think? think. Most I, of the people. I would hope they would. I yeah. would think 12 people could probably beat up Alex Cross if they... Like, he doesn't seem to, like, physically... I don't know. I don't know anything about Alex He's Cross. He's tough. All right. Do you think he could beat up 12 people at once? 12 people at once. Yeah. No, I don't think he okay. could. What if it was, like, old Batman style? They yeah, each fought he, him one by yeah, one. If they, if they were, would agree to do that. Yes. Okay. Uh, number four. Three weeks on the list. Darker by E.L. James. Oh. Christian Gray's tormented and difficult pursuit of Anastasia Steele is told from his perspective. So this is just Fifty Shades Darker by E.L. James from... Yeah. The, the man's perspective. Yes. When the first one came out, I think it's just called Gray. Yeah. I thought that Fifty was so gray. gross and weird. And it never occurred to me that they were she was going to do this for the whole trilogy. Yeah. Nobody cared about that life and death, Twilight, gender swap. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to check the re, the the stats on that. But I think it it's done all right. Has it? Listen, if you want me to get you darker for Christmas, I will. But you have to tell me well, now I've on air. I've been hinting quite a lot. Okay. So. Uh, number three. 11 weeks on the list. The Sun and Her Flowers by Rupi Carr. There it is. New that's collection of poetry yeah, from the author the of one. Milk and Honey. Wow, and the old one's still there. See, these are perfect. Uh, yeah. These are perfect Christmas presents. Well, we've got perfect dad presents, I guess, here. Now, that's uh, lots of people are reading this book. Number two, Dan Brown's Origin. I'm surprised by the amount of people who have come into the library and asked if we have Origin by Dan, Dan Brown. Brown's I was like, are you still doing this? You're still gripped by this tale? <laughs> So and I want to read it. I can't believe I haven't read it yet. Okay, I loved those. Uh, number one, eight weeks on the list, "The Rooster Bar" by John Grisham. Mm. So Grisham is obviously more popular than Dan Brown. Well, yeah. I mean, I think he's more of a. It's every year, you know. All right. Well, sometimes multiples per year, like this year, for example. All right. Huh. I can't find that life and death. I was going to tell you. Thanks, man. What it's under, but I can't find it. So oh, on work. It's probably under Twilight. Yeah, probably. There you go. Okay. All right. That was the New York Times bestsellers list. That was it. That was all there was. Okay. To well, talk we're going to talk about that list. Uh, we're going to look at a couple of things telling us some of the best books of the year. Around. But while we're still on no sales, one's ever gonna do you want to cover that sales down. list? Sales list. From Barnes and Noble? From Barnes and Noble. Uh, yes. I just have to open it now oh, because okay. I thought we were doing a different article. I see. Okay. But I'm on it. Well, we, we, we wanted to talk about some of the things that critically have been 
considered some of the best books of 2017. But we also were going to discuss some of the very best sellers of 2017. If Eric can find them. It It was here. So while he's making those Richard Fetcher sounds from a (laughs) Hanna Barbera cartoon, I'm going to jump in. I'm widely, I'm a snidely whiplash. So we're going to be pulling (laughs) these today from the New York Times book review. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a list called the 10 best books of 2017 Mm -hmm. uh, by the editors of the New York Times book review, which we Frick did it go. You do subscribe to the book review and it's available for checkout. So if anybody wants to read this for themselves, we've got it. So book one on the list, we have Autumn by mm-hmm. Allie Smith. I do not remember this book. Do you? Uh, do you remember when this came hold out? Hold on. Number one on this list. Oh, we're starting at number one. Uh, Autumn by Allie Smith. Yeah. Do you remember that? The Extraordinary Friendship of Emily Songwriter. No. I guess we discussed it when the Man Booker Prize was coming out. Did but we? I don't remember it ever being Left a, no... Uh, well, I will read it to you. The extraordinary friendship of an elderly songwriter and precocious child of his single-parent neighbor is at the heart of this novel that darts back and forth through the decades from the 1960s to the era of Brexit. The first in a projected four-volume series, it's a moving exploration of the intricacies of the imagination, a sly teasing out of host of big ideas and small revelations, all hovering around a timeless quandary, how to observe, how to be. Okay. That sounds kind of interesting. Sure. I don't think that just based on the synopsis and the cover that I would think, oh, that sounds so intriguing. I have to read it. (laughs) Why don't we talk a little bit about uh, number two here? Because you've got some familiarity with it. What? Exit West. Exit West by Mohsin Hamid. Yes. I've read it. And I will read the synopsis. A deceptively simple conceit turns a timely novel about a couple fleeing a civil war into a profound meditation on the psychology of exile. Magic doors separate the known calamities of the old world from the unknown perils of the new. As the migrants learn how to adjust to an how do you say that word? Improvisatory experience. Hamid has written a novel that fuses the real with the surreal, perhaps the most faithful way to convey the tremulous political fault lines of our interconnected planet. Would you have put that up as... A notable book, a book to read. I would have definitely put of. it on the list of books I read in 2017. But it didn't stand out to you as uh, particularly... No, it was good. I think people should read it. Okay. Um, I think it shows uh, how damaging being a refugee can have, uh, the effect it can have on your life, on your uh, relationship with family. Okay. And everything. Okay. So. I seem to recall you liking it. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. All right, Pachinko by Min Jin Lee. Mm. Lee's stunning novel, her second, chronicles four generations of an ethnic Korean family. I usually like multi-generational things. Yeah, you do. I like how they connect. Mm -hmm. First in Japanese-occupied Korea in the early 20th century, then in Japan itself from the years before World War II to the late 1980s, exploring central concerns of identity, homeland, and belonging... The book announces its ambitious right from the opening sentence. History has failed us, but no matter. Mm. Lee suggests that behind the facades of wildly different people lie countless private desires, hopes, and miseries. If we have the patience and compassion to look and listen. Well, that sounds very interesting to me. I don't got the patience. You don't? Sometimes I don't have the compassion. <laughs> so That's funny. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Oh, now this, uh, the next one, The Power by Naomi Alderman. We got the power. Uh, my wife read, and she she enjoyed it. She was very into it. So ah. um, this is the one that won the uh, uh, the Bailey's Prize for women's fiction. Yes, the Bailey's Prize. Yeah. So let me read it to you. This is the one where they get superpowers. Right. Remember? I had a guinea pig named Bailey at one point. 
You did? Yeah. Oh, did she get superpowers? No, she got sick and died from uh, respiratory Superpowers, maybe? (laughs) Could be. Uh, Alderman imagines our present moment, our history, our wars, our politics, complicated by the sudden manifestation of a lethal electrostatic power in women that upends gender dynamics across the globe. It's a riveting story. Hey, quick question. Yes. Electrostatic made me think of this. Are you familiar with the Batman villain Electrocutioner? No. He showed up in my video games. Like, the electric. I'm like, who the heck is this guy? Anyway, I like to imagine that he has electrostatic powers. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's a riveting story told in fittingly electric language that explores Ooh. how power corrupts everyone, those new to it and those resisting its loss. Provocatively, yeah. Alderman suggests that history's horrors are inescapable, that there will always be abuses of power, that the arc of the universe doesn't bend towards justice so much as inscribe a circle away from it. Yeah. Transfers of power, of course, are rarely smooth, one character observes. Sounds kind of tense. Yeah. You want to take the next one? Sing, unburied, sing. No. Did this? Did this win the Pulitzer Prize? This won something. You'll have to. And I think it was on a couple of lists. But go ahead. And... In her follow-up to the salvage, the bones, Ward returns to the fictional town of Bois Sauvage, Missouri. Uh, no, Mississippi. In uh, the stories of ordinary people who would be easy to classify dismissively into characters like rural poor and drug dependent. And products of the criminal justice. Wow, she sure is labeling them a lot, though. Uh, Instead, Ward gives us Jojo, a 13-year-old, in a road trip that he and his little sister take with his drug-addicted black mother to pick up their white father from prison. There's nothing small about their existence. Uh, So I wonder if the kid will, like, learn harsh truths. Could be. But maybe also he'll be slightly sympathetic to the issues. He could be. Yeah. This was a finalist for the Goodreads Choice Awards, I remember. And it it didn't win the Pulitzer Prize. It won the National Book Award. Ooh. And congratulations, um, Sing Unburied Sing. Yeah. By yeah. Jismyn Ward. And I feel like her previous one, um, oh, now I can't think what it's called. Uh, Salvage, Salvage the, Bones. the Bones. Salvage the Bones. Yeah. Also was, was pretty, uh, pretty award. There's heavy. a Rush. Yeah. Album. Also won the National Book Award. She's one of the few who've done nice. a repeat like that. Okay. So there's a Rush album called Roll the Bones. Okay. Probably and it's unrelated. I, I learned that was, that means dice. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, I've heard right. that. We're on to nonfiction now, though. We this are. is the part where you always kind of get scared because you're afraid of nonfiction. I only like what can't be true. Yes, okay. <laughs> that's right. The evolution of beauty, how Darwin's forgotten theory of mate choice shapes the animal world <laughs> and yeah. us. Yeah. If a science book can be subversive and feminist and change the way we look at our own bodies, but mm-hmm. also mostly about birds, this is it. Nice. Well, I do like birds. This is written by Richard O. Prume. Yeah. Prume, an ornithologist, mounts the defense of Darwin's second largely overlooked theory of sexual selection. Mm. Darwin believed that, that in addition to evolving to adapt to the environment, some other force must be at work shaping the species. Yeah. The aesthetic Sexiness. mating choices made largely by the females. Yeah. Prume wants subjectivity and the desire for beauty to be part of our understanding of how evolution works. Hmm. It's a passionate plea that begins with birds and ends with humans <laughs> and will help you finally understand, among yeah. other things, how in the world we have an animal like the peacock. Yeah. I know so, you've been asking me that all the time. You keep being like, why do we have peacocks? Why do we have peacocks? Yeah. They're just fancy geese. Apparently. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, sexiness is like the fifth law of the universe. Is it? Isn't that right? I think so. So you got like momentum. Yeah. You got gravity. You got time. Yeah. Sexiness is in there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's probably the, if we could figure out that, we might be able to uh, follow Matthew McConaughey into Interstellar. You know what? Yeah. You're right. Yeah, you are right. He wasn't a bad looking guy in that movie, and that explains why he was able to go through time and space. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the next one, Ron Chernow's Grant. Grant. Now, this came out 
much like the penguins that we were discussing last week, multiple things come out at the same time right. about the oh, same yes. thing. Yes. Uh, and just earlier, I think probably about There's a year. There's been a bunch of kid movies before. about Ulysses S. Grant. A lot of kids movies, yeah. American Ulysses, The Life of Ulysses S. Grant yeah. by Ronald C. White came out and was uh, really well received. But nobody wants to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Apparently not. There's Chernow's here. Yeah. And that was the one that interests me. I'm less interested in Chernow's version. Whoa. Um, Jeez. But that's uh, for this year time. So this is a biography on Alan Grant and how he became the premier art paleontologist and then his times in Jurassic Park. And then I guess what after? I understand why you think that. But even those who think they're familiar with Ulysses S. Grant's career, like you, will learn something from Chernow's fascinating and comprehensive biography, especially about Grant's often overlooked achievements as president. That's true. You don't talk about that at all. You talk about the Civil War. You talk about he wasn't that great getting things back together. Right. You don't sure. want to talk about the good stuff. Yeah. What is more, at the time of economic inequality reflecting the 19th century Gilded Age uh-huh. and a renewed threat from white supremacy groups, Chernow reminds us that Grant's courageous example is more valuable than ever. Yeah. And in this sense, I've Grant is so. as much a mirror on our own time as a history lesson. Like Ready Player One. Who doesn't want a mirror on our own time? Yeah. No, no kidding. <laughs> ah, jeez. All right. 2017 looks so fat in those. That's true. Jeans, Next up, I do guess. you want to take this one? Uh, which uh, Grant, locking up our own crime and punishment in black America. It has been a depressing year. It has. Absolutely. Uh, for, by James Foreman Jr., a former public defender in Washington. Foreman has written a masterly account of how a generation of black officials beginning in the 1970s wrestled with recurring crisis of violence and drug use in the nation's capital. What started out as an effort to ass- uh, assert the value of black lives turned into an embrace of tough-on-crime policies with devastating consequences for the very community those officials had promised to represent. Almost uh, like how Anakin had become the very thing he swore to destroy. Are you going to start Sith. talking about Revenge of the Sith? I don't know. Oh well, we, we got to see how it... Uh... Listeners, if you're interested in what one lunatic thinks about... <laughs> Revenge of the wow. Sith. Uh, Eric's blog. I did say that uh, Sidious is bananas in that film. Oh, okay. That's an actual line. I like from, that. That's yeah. a good quote. I yeah. want to. Th- I would like to feel that I inspired that. Darth Sidious is bananas. No, I say bananas, and you do say bananas quite here. a bit. Yeah, I couldn't think of another way to describe vernacular. Darth Sidious. Yeah, he's just there's, kind of bananas. There's the modified version, bonkers, but I don't really like that. Yeah, I don't think that bonkers. It's not as yeah. elegant. Yeah. Uh, let's lighten the mood a little bit with these last two prairie fires. Uh-huh. That sounds bad, but it's actually a good one. Yeah. The American Dreams of Laura Ingalls Wilder. And how they fell to the wildfires yeah. of the prairies. Now, she was yeah. the star of the TV show Mannix. Is that right? I know MASH. it was from the... MASH. That's, yeah. Long-running historical yes. show MASH starring yes. Laura Ingalls Wilder. That's yeah. right. That is right. MASH on the Prairie. <laughs> By Carolyn Frazier. Frazier's biography of the author of Little House on the Prairie. Oh. Yep. I think she was actually in Gunsmoke. That's that makes more sense actually. And yeah. other beloved books about her childhood during the era of westward migration captures the details of a life and an improbable, iconic literary career. I always loved Farmer Boy and These Happy Golden Years. Farmer Boy was pretty good. Uh, little ha- uh, Little House in the Big Woods. Big Woods. That was good. Yeah. Uh, I guess what was the third one? I don't think that I've read them all. Uh, wasn't Farmer Boy the third one? I think I, I also read House on the is Prairie. It, is the first four years. There's the. Is that Pond one? one, Little House on Plum Pond or something. I'm trying to remember which ones I've read. Yes, yeah. the first four years I read. All right. Well, I read, I did not read the first four years. I read Big House, Farmer Boy, Prairie, and then the one right after that, I think. I but then I got bored because I just hung out in the same location. Yeah, I mean, I know chilling. it's her life. But. Well, I think the ones that start focusing on her husband, Alonzo, get, that, that kind of livens things up a little bit. Like Farmer Boy. 
for example. Farm Boy's good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Big House is good. Uh, exhaustively researched and passionately written, this book refreshes and revitalizes our understanding of Western American history, giving space to the stories of Native Americans displaced from the tribal lands by white settlers like the Ingalls. Yeah. She's so, a villain. We're going to bring it down again. Yeah. As well as to the travels of homesteaders, farmers, and everyone else who rushed to the West, like the people in uh, Nora Roberts' year one. Yes. Don't you think? Yes. Okay. Go West, young uh, man. Ending with a savvy analysis of the 20th century turn towards right-wing politics. Taken by Wilder and her daughter, Rose Wilder Lane, Frazier offers mm. a remarkably wide angle of how national myths are shaped. Yay. And finally, Priest Daddy. Who's your Priest Daddy? By <laughs> <laughs> I should have seen that coming, but I didn't. Yeah. And that's what made it so beautiful. <laughs> By Patricia Lockwood. Yeah. In this affectionate and very funny memoir, very funny. Lockwood weaves the story of her family, including her Roman Catholic priest father, mm-hmm. who received a special dispensation from the Vatican with her own coming of age and the crisis that later led her and her husband to live temporarily under her parents' rectory roof. She also brings to bear her gifts as a poet, mixing the sacred and profane in a voice that's wonderfully grounded and authentic. I guess I don't understand. This book proves Lockwood to be a formidably gifted writer who can do pretty much anything she pleases. So again, how these, does she exist? I think that's the special dispensation oh. from the Pope. Well, why doesn't he just give that dispensation to everybody? Look, man. Solve a lot of problems. I don't have the answer for you. All right. Uh, this book, again, or this this list is found on the New York Times Book Review, yeah. the 10 Best Books of 2017. Uh, so you can find that on their website. And yeah. we'll link to it uh, on Twitter so you can you can read and click on all the links and find things you want. And guess what? If you want these books, uh-huh. I know who's got them. The library. Who's got two the, thumbs the, and has got them. You. The David the, A. The David A. Howell Public, Public Library. Library has two thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> and has all these books. <laughs> All right. Uh, what would you say? I'm just going to put you on the spot here. Uh-huh. So if you don't have an answer to it, uh-huh. what do you think was the most noteworthy YA book of 2017? Uh, geez. I don't know. Uh, the Hate You Give, Turtles All the Way Down. Those are pretty big. Yeah, I think I would go with The Hate You Give. It's probably the one. That one that's... was on the best sales list for a long time yeah and i mean that translated into people wanting it too yeah sometimes i feel like we get these numbers like this is still on the bestseller list and it's yeah. like who are these people buying this because i never yeah. see them but the hate you give seems like it's had a pretty broad appeal and you know it's about important things so yes so it's pretty good yeah stuff that people were very excited for so, uh at the beginning of the year we read about like carvel and yeah. all that stuff like yeah that's that all just kind of yeah like people read it but I don't see a lot of conversation Flash around it. in the pan. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. That's what I would say. All right. Uh, did you, do you have that list of the bestsellers of 20? I sure do. Well, I'd love to hear it. I've had it. All right. So this is uh, Barnes & Noble has released their best-selling books of 2017. Let's see what was the best-selling books of 2017 at Barnes & Noble, I guess. Okay. Specifically. Yeah. So if you're buying your stuff on Amazon, you did Barnes not help Noble. this list at all. Uh, number one in the fiction section, you have Milk and Honey by Rupi Carr. There you go. So she had the best-selling book of the year. And that's the first one. Not mm-hmm. Yeah, when that came out, it was like neck and... No, sorry, the current, the newer one right. was like neck and neck with Dan Brown's Origins mm. in Amazon anyway. Yeah, well, uh, it's had less time to sell. You're right. So that one... Uh, so uh, then the list in order uh, of best-selling for 2017 is The Handmaid's Tale. Oh. That got a major boost. Interesting, yeah. So... That makes sense. Uh, I know I bought an extra copy here because we had a lot of demand yeah, for it. The uh, the show is coming out on DVD. Oh, soonish. Is it? 
Handmaiden or Handmaids? Handmaid's Tale. It's Handmaid's. Okay. By Margaret Atwood. Yep. Uh, the Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware, showing that there's no... Uh, there's nothing to say about quality. No accounting for list. taste. Yeah, thank you. That's the that's the word, phrase. I thought it might be. Uh, what I just said would have ended up in this book. Probably. Cabin Ten. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You know what they so say? Wait, it is the Crime woman in ca- doesn't always fulfill the payment that you need. <laughs> so it's Woman in Cabin Ten. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody was just in here when I was working the desk on Thursday. Uh huh. Somebody came in and was like, "I got to read this book." Yeah. The woman in Cabin Ten. I didn't have the heart to tell her. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, 1984 by George Orwell. <laughs> we'll just let makes laughter be the commentary on that. Um, Origin by Dan Brown. Okay, so that's pretty good though, because that's only been out for a little bit, but yeah. it's sold enough to make the best-selling list. Of- well, I think that answers our question. I remember when we did the Dan Brown Spotlight. That's we were true. Talking There's about, no Grisham like, on this list. Yeah, we were talking about does it still have the pull? Yeah, especially after that movie flopped. But yeah. I think our answer is yes. Yeah. Origin. Mas, mas, mas. Yes. I know he said at one point that he was, it, he had envisioned it as like a seven or eight book oh, series. Word. But the, I mean, he'll be 105 by the time the last one comes sure. out. He's a regular George R.R. R. Martin when it comes to releasing books. Oh, okay. Not that bad. Nice. But Take that, George. Yeah, really. Uh, a Man C-Captain. Called Oove by Frederick Bachman. Yeah. Have you read this? No, I haven't. I okay. picked up another Bachman book and didn't. You know what? I lied. Grisham is on this list. Camino Island. By John Grisham. Yeah, you know that one. That one was kind of a surprise, Grisham, because we already yeah. had the Grisham yeah. for that year, and people did seem to really yeah. jump to that. It came out at a good time too. It was like right in the peak during summer, and it's got island in the title, so people were drawn to it at that time. Yes, really. I mean, books, yeah. books that sound summery that come out in the mm, summer. That's true. People pick up whether they, island, you know. Uh, the Alchemist, the twenty-fifth anniversary edition by Paulo. Paolo. I don't get that book. I read it. It's all right. I just, yeah, I mean, I guess That's I nice. just didn't really find anything in it. I think he learns magic at one point. Yeah. So. Yeah. It by Stephen King. Yeah. That's a brick, too. That thing's huge. Yeah. Yeah, if you make a house out of a bunch of copies yeah. of It. It's an It house. <laughs> uh, and To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. What about, uh, no. Go Set a that was Watchmen. 2015, yeah. right? So Nobody wants that. No, people just want, maybe they read it because it's, and they're like, oh, now I need to we read. Gotta go to back kill and get to kill Mockingbird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nonfiction bestsellers this year. The number one on Barnes and Noble's list is the subtle art of not giving a f word. F word. I can't say it. Oh. It's bleeped out. Fart. No. Oh. No. The CK is definitely there. Oh. So by Mark Manson. Yeah. Uh, a counterintuitive approach to living a good life. Uh, I haven't read this. I haven't even heard of this until now. I know. Now I kind of want it. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. Thank you. Bustle. The internet site I'm using is Bustle. Uh, and the phrase I just used was internet site. So, all right. The, less, the rest of the list for nonfiction for best-selling. Ready? Yeah. Astrophysics for people in a hurry. Mm-hmm. That's been selling like crazy. Won't go away. Hillbilly it's Elegy. It's a good size. That's true. It's a perfect stock. It looks like it's, yeah. Folks. Uh, but Hill- Christmas is over, so get over it. Hillbilly Elegy is still here after two years of being one of the best-selling books of all year. Yeah, the Eric Mitchell story. Oh, uh, huh? Hmm? Meh. You are a badass. That's right. Thank you, I man. got to say it. Now, this is a book uh, by oh. Jen Sincero. What Happened by Clinton. So that sold a lot of books real fast. Yeah. Uh, Make Your Bed. No. Uh, by William H. McRaven. William H. Macy. The Five Love Languages is really? still here by oh Gary Chapman. That's been there. For, wow. That's existed for like 20 years Apparently now. there's a lot of couples in premarital counseling. Yeah, yeah. 
my love language is you shutting up. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have just yelled like that. No. Uh, Glass Castle by Janet Walls. Wasn't that a movie? That's a movie with uh, Brie Larson mm-hmm. that just came out. Yeah. Night by Ellie Wiesel and Hidden Figures. So Hidden Figures is uh, still one of the bestseller books after, I mean, the movie came out in December, January. Yeah. So good for that. Well, kids bestsellers. It's the time. The best-selling kids book of the year, according to Barnes & Noble, is Wonder. Mm-hmm. By mm-hmm. R.J. Palico. Yeah. So I liked the picture book version of it. Oh. I thought it was good. Yeah. Well, you like most things that are just picture books. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that helps. I just wait until they great expe- children's yeah. novelization. Yeah, great it. expectations. Mm-hmm. The, picture the picture book. book. Yeah, it's really uh, good. Allow, uh, allowed Winter's Nap. It's subtle. What Do You Do With a Problem by Kobe Yama, uh, Yamada. Gateway. So this is Diary of Wimpy Kids 12. So he's still making it. On yeah, the list. boy. Oh, The Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. Well, that's, I mean, every time anybody graduates from anything, they get a copy of all the places you can go. Oh, uh, the rainbow fish. So that's pretty good. Good for the rainbow fish. I don't know what that is. It's the fish. He's he's rainbow fish. Is that a... It's a kid's book. Uh, what's his name, though? It's... Oh, no, this is... I know what this is, but this yeah. is not what I was thinking of. It's Market Fisher. Fister. Okay. Uh, How to Catch a Monster by Adam Wallace. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Why is this in kids? It's a 400-page script. Kids love that. Kids... Kids love scripts. The Wonderful Things You'll Be by Emily Winford Martin and The Lightning Thief, number one. So that's kind of the Piercy Jacks, uh, the, <laughs> I always, yes, the Rick uh, Riordan book Piercy. that has sold the best this year is still The Lightning Thief. All right. And teen, teen bestsellers. I'm ready. Everything, Everything by Nicola Yoon was at the oh, top yeah. because that. that had a movie come out this year. Yeah. Which I think did all right. 13 Reasons Why by Jay Asher at number two. Uh, Turtles All the Way Down by John Green, and that came out in October. Yeah, it was pretty recent. So that's that's pretty good that it made it. It actually, according, uh, according that's to kind Bar- of a no-brainer. It sold more than The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas mm. uh, at Barnes and Noble. Yeah, uh, The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. Mm. So good for them. I think I saw a, a nice new version of that. The fiftieth anniversary. Uh, this was his fiftieth year. Oh yeah. Okay. So Before I Fall by Laureen Olivier. No Oliver. I'm sorry any of that happened. <laughs> hey, The Book Thief by Marcus Suzik. I guess I have to read The Book Thief. Yeah, I guess you do. Because it's everywhere all the time. One of Us is Lion by Karen what? McManus. Yeah, I'm And this is how I found out. Yeah. Ooh, uh, this is where it ends. So that's been there for two years now. Wow. That's the school shooting book. Oh, yeah. And Red Queen, book one by Victoria uh, Aveyard is still selling like hotcakes. Hey, what does that mean? It's selling like hotcakes. Like, I know it means it's selling really well, but, like, are we still a society that can say it's selling like hotcakes and that's, a pl- like, a true fact about hotcakes? Yeah, it could be. Like, hey, yeah. you looking to make it big and s- yeah. make a lot of money quick? Sell hotcakes. I think so. All right. Yeah. It just kind of seems like when you say it's selling yeah. like hotcakes, you're saying, like, hotcakes are the number one business of America. If you're investing in anything, invest in hotcakes. Yeah, I, I can see know. you're not going to follow me down on this uh, I'm trying to exploration figure out, I'm of hotcakes. I'm just trying to figure out why it happened. So I'm trying to find a little history on it while you... While well, you I could understand, there. like, at one point, hotcakes were selling. But it seems like a uh, a phrase that maybe night, night <laughs> need to be retired. It says the origin of this idiom is largely undocumented and has led most to believe it comes simply from pancakes being a popular item for sale at fairs and festivals. Right. So... But I guess, I mean... 
it seems like we were saying, but like, boy, that thing runs like a 1920s Oldsmobile. I don't know. I don't know anything about cars. I shouldn't have done a that. A 1920s yeah. Oldsmobile. <laughs> I don't know okay. anything about cars. Well, that was a great choice. Jeez. I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever been to the yeah. Maple Tree Inn in the heart of maple season? Yeah. Those pancakes, they can't make them fast mm-hmm. enough. They're selling like hotcakes. Right. I don't... So... But those are literal, literal hotcakes then because they're pancakes. Yeah. But I'm saying that's probably... What, never mind. It's fine. I just... Yeah. That's an example of something just, selling really yes, fast. I'm just saying, if I say this is selling like, like hotcakes, hot that in 2017, hotcakes are not the thing that's just an easy thing to sell at a rapid speed. I don't know. If we had like, <laughs> if we had like a pancake booth here at the library, it was like, stop in and get a pancake. Yeah. You think, I feel like we'd have to turn people away. We'd be like, stop. We can't make any more pancakes. Yeah, we're out of hotcakes. Yeah. Maybe. Like, I everybody know. does a pancake breakfast. It was just a rotary pancake breakfast. Right. That's a thing. But then why don't we They're all... They're easy and quick to make. Why, just, whoop, whoop. why are we wasting our time doing this low-paying job then instead of uh, selling hotcakes on the selling street? Ho- Would you like to sell hotcakes together? I'd, I'd be happy to sell hotcakes no. with you. Oh, okay. Oh, I mean, I'd have to go into my own business. If, if I'm going to sell as oh. many hotcakes as I think, I want profit. All profit. Okay. All the time. Well, I respect your ambition. It's the American way. Are they cheap? Is Hot that cakes? the thing? Is is your uh, is your cost versus profit margin? Is your margin really good with hotcakes? I mean, what is it like? Flour and milk and eggs? Yeah. So, how much are you charging a hotcake? I don't know. A dollar. I'm, a I'm cake? not. A, I'm not in the <laughs> a dollar a pancake. I'm not in the hot. That sounds reasonable. But sure. then, how much does it cost you to make a pancake? I don't know. Fifteen cents. Fifteen cents. So okay, I'm getting eighty-five cents for every pancake I sell. Yeah. So I got to sell a lot. And they, well, no. you won't have any trouble because they'll sell like hotcakes. Right. So. Mm. Oh, look, I see the end of this. <laughs> Let's move on. All right. That's it. That's the end of that list. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for. <laughs> it's always nice to go out with a sputter. A sputter? Yeah. Of syrup. <laughs> did you say, did you make that one syllable? Did you say syrup? Yeah. Let's, you say syrup. Syrup. <laughs> why are you laughing because <laughs> you said you want me to say syrup all the yeah, time syrup like hey i need some syrup for my hotcakes yeah no i'm just gonna be like hey can i get some syrup <laughs> i don't so understand stupid. you're you're just you're just eliminating a whole s- s- syllable do you know what i'm talking about syrup yeah no can i get some syrup stop syrup i'm saying syrup i'm just saying it very quickly i'm not hearing the second syllable i'm just hearing syrup s-u-r-p so if we were sitting at a table no, I would under- I understand hot cakes, you. You're and just I said, saying Please it pass weird. me the syrup. I don't have time to pass you anything because those hotcakes are selling like hotcakes. <laughs> okay. So I got to get mine. All right. Uh, and scene. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Christmas is over. Yeah. Got a couple more days till New Year's. Do you have pancakes on Christmas morning? Yeah, usually. Yeah. We usually do a nice big breakfast. Yeah. I can't tell you what we did this year because it hasn't happened yet. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, but let's say yes. Yeah. Um, Bacon or sausage? <sighs> I don't know. Christmas. I feel I like know. sausage is more traditional for That's Christmas. That's true. Yeah. But everybody prefers bacon. That's true. So would yeah. you say sausage is more filling? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Bacon. I don't think anyone's ever been filled. Filled with bacon? Well, like they ate they ate three strips of bacon. It was like, no, no, I'm, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly have anything else. Listeners, if you're filled with bacon, you should go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Don't pro- just stop what no you're kidding. doing. Just get yeah. in the car and just tell yeah. them. Do you remember on Keenan and Kel when he went to the doctors uh, and they took an x-ray of his ribs and they were all orange because he drank so much <laughs> orange, soda. orange soda? <laughs> it was hilarious. I do, I do, I do. Who? Yeah. doesn't oh. make any sense because it's an x-ray. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Keenan and Kel don't get enough play, so I'm glad we were able to bring him back. No problem. 
here's what we have going on at the library for uh-huh. this very week. Right. Uh, the book club is reading Jerusalem Inn uh-huh. by Martha Grimes. Oh, is there any room in your Jerusalem Inn no, book club? No, but the Jerusalem Stables book club uh-huh. is plenty warm. Yeah. Lots of That's hangers. great. <laughs> So that should be good. Uh, and we're showing a couple of movies on the 27th at 10.30 in the morning. Yeah, we're, we're showing... We're going nuts. Yeah, we're going crazy. I'm sorry. It's a double feature of a couple of short movies. Yeah. We've got Frosty's Winter Wonderland, uh-huh. Rudolph's Shiny New Year. And again, these are not Christmas movies. No. They're just festive yeah. winter movies. So if you're yes. sick of Christmas movies, mm-hmm. you can come and watch these. In Frosty's Winter Wonderland, he uh, has to stop the Mad Hatter from kidnapping everybody. Mm, no, and it's I don't... pretty dark. I don't think so. Yeah. I think we're thinking of different movies. Rudolph's New Year? Is that the one with uh, Topher Grace? And I don't think Topher Grace is in New Year's Eve. I think he's in Valentine's oh, Day. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really follow Topher Grace obsessively like you do. What? But <laughs> I've seen your Google alerts. Don't deny it. Don't deny <laughs> yeah. it. Topher Grace is on the move. Drop everything. Topher Grace just shopped at Old Navy. Tickets to his latest movie sold like hotcakes. So I guess he's just as, as great as ever. So To his new movie? Yeah. What was that? I just wanted to tell the hotcakes joke. Oh, he was, in, uh, he was in uh, Interstellar. So the last thing he did? Pretty old. Well, it might be the last thing he did. (laughs) It could be. It could be. Well, with apologies to Topher Grace, I think we're going (laughs) to close up shop for today. Eric, anything else you want to add? I always ask that question, and I always regret it. Uh, We are running Teen Anime Club on the 27th and January 3rd. Mm -hmm. Uh, Normally, we've not run them during the Christmas holidays, Mm -hmm. but this year we are. So it's a special treat. Actually, we've been watching movies the past uh, couple of... uh, weeks anime okay. film so we watched one piece gold and the boy and the beast uh it's been a good time okay it has nothing to do with the fact that my streaming on my computer is acting all haywire okay so well i should point out that in 2017 topher grace was in the brad pitt movie war machine and what? Oh. opening night a musical comedy film so topher really? grace fans delight can he in sing those movies i have no idea maybe he's yes, not a singing he was character discovered i think and how to uh, succeed in business without really trying and they were like come be in that 70s show and he was like okay so is that your tover grace impression just a slow like you know well hmm. <laughs> all right that's gonna do it for us yeah thanks for tuning in remember to like and rate and share yeah. our podcast tell all your friends about it happy new year happy new we year to say. you that's right we'll see you next time